0: Welcome to the Stoller Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Saar. We've got Jabari Davis here because he knows the Lakers, and we're going to talk some Lakers stuff. So how are you doing, Jabari? I'm doing well, Eric. Thanks for
1: having me. I can't claim to know them, but you know, I like to pretend that I do on the internet.
0: You know about them. At least that's more more than I do, <laughs> which is really kind of why you're here. So let's talk about them. We I listened to our podcast last time. I think it was probably January-ish, somewhere around there. We were talking. It was after a Suns Lakers game. Some interesting stuff happened. Russell didn't play. So I really want to first get your take on DeAndre Russell. What's different from now from back then, and kind of what's your general feeling with him in Brooklyn?
1: Well, I mean, you know, my optimism about his potential remains the same. In fact, it might be a little bit higher now. Now, here's the deal. You know, I, 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 I very clearly, you know, I, I've always be, you know been a believer in his ability. It's a matter of whether he's going to be able to put everything together, and you know that isn't just you know. Of course, it's on the court as well, but it's kind of across the board. You know, you know, some people would tell you that he got a bad rap when he was in Los Angeles, and some, and while other people would tell you that he was you know immature and you know not you know not the leader that he was necessarily anticipated being you know when he came in. My thought is the guy's twenty twenty one. You know, he's right you know he's still like twenty one years old uh didn't get off to the greatest of start in terms of um you know his relationships you know with his teammates uh but on the court when he's healthy you know he's still in my opinion is still one of the top young guards out there and one that you know one that should you know or excuse me could uh i guess uh you know rise into the you know actual I don't want to say guard rankings, but, you know, one that can continue to improve. Um So for his sake, I'm hoping that this new fresh start, whether it's, you know, whether it came as, as a surprise, which it probably shouldn't have, or if it's something that he anticipated, I'm hoping it's something that he can take as a, as a challenge as opposed to, you know, the of any resentment or any, you know, ill will uh, and allowing, you know, allowing emotions to, you know, kind of catch him up. So I'm hoping, you know, that the fresh start and, you know, I, I think it will be a good, a good fit with Jeremy Lin, uh, you, know, I, you know, not just you know, on the court, but I think, you know, off the court as well. I had the privilege of covering Lynn when he was in LA a, a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a really good locker room guy. You know, they seem to be well received by his teammates. Uh, so you no, know, I'm excited for him there in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. So I think, he's, I think he's going to be better there. Um, I do think that Booker and him are in a different kind of realm right now. I don't know. I mean, Booker's not getting traded for to help move tra- um, his contract anytime soon in that sense, in the uh, me- metaphorical sense. So I think that it's a little bit different now. But I do think that Russell will do well there. He'll like New York probably in that sense. It's good to have Alan Crabb there with that. That was a great trade that Portland kind of had to do. But they saved themselves like $40 million in luxury tax with that and mm-hmm. Russell, well, along with them, will have – they have a good gun corps. I think Sean Marks is just doing a remarkable job. When he got that job as a GM, I guess, or president or whatever, of uh, Brooklyn, he had nothing. Their cupboard was bare, and now he has some interesting assets, and they're using these, those poison pill contracts and things to really pry talent away from other teams since they haven't had a pick in forever.
1: Yeah, no, hats off to Sean Marks. No, that was obviously a good hire that – you know they. they in my in my opinion as well, I think they're definitely on the right track. Um, they'll they'll have to continue to be creative because if I'm not mistaken, they don't have any pick next year, or or they have to you know they they have to do the swap thing again next year and then possibly the year after that. So yeah, no, he, you know it's exact. These are exactly the types of moves that they'll have to make. But in terms, you know, uh, just on what you said about uh, them being a different, uh, you know, Booker and and Russell being in, in basically a different conversation, that really goes back to it it kind of a lot of times with young players especially players as young as those guys were were and are you know I guess remain it depends on the circumstance that you go to um you know not saying that i you are know, not saying that Phoenix has been a great situation you know over these last couple of years but it doesn't you know playing in Phoenix during a rebuild is not quite the same as playing in Los Angeles during what you know, nobody wanted to acknowledge and by nobody, I mean, you know, I guess at least a certain percentage of the fan base, you know, what has been a, a rebuild, a rebuilding process for the past three to four years. Uh, you know, the, the the level of expectations are just kind of, you know, kind of ridiculous out here now. Not that it's not, not that the New York media is going to be, you know, you know or fans are going to be any easier on him. But like I said, hopefully just, you know, that change of pace, change of scenery and new opportunity, you know, will, will benefit the young guy.
0: For sure. I mean, at least Brooklyn's not the Knicks, right? Like, it's not, at yeah. least it's not the Knicks. And, uh, yeah. Doesn't
1: come with the same expectations of even the Knicks. So, yeah, that hopefully, hopefully, like I said, hopefully is a better fit.
0: At least the scrutiny. Maybe, maybe the expectation. I mean, no, Brooklyn has no expectations. They're just like, don't be horrible <laughs> and don't still be an NBA quality team. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, yeah I think it's interesting. I think he's going to be a good fit. I think he can, he can shoot. He can, he can play, playmaker for sure. I, I mean, he's better than Moutier. <laughs> That's for sure.
1: Yes, uh, you know, and I've had that argument back and forth with a couple, you know, a couple of my guys. You know, some of them still want to, you know, claim that Moutier is a better prospect. Oh my hey. gosh. Hey. Look, here's the thing. I don't have anything, like, I'm one of those guys that I genuinely love the game, and I don't care, you know, whether you you play for the team that I'm covering or the team that I grew up watching or whatever. If you got talent, I, you know, I I want to see you do well. So, you know, when I say this, it's not being malicious. I just don't see it when I look at Moulier. I see, I see a backup, you know, kind of journeyman, you know, journeyman guard, and I would love to be wrong. So hopefully he gets himself into the, you know, the right situation, uh, to, I guess, uh, better showcase what he can do out there.
0: And, I mean, I think it's two things. He needs to either get rid of his turnovers or be a better shooter from the perimeter. And it's like, pick one and get better at it.
1: Yeah, and, and after you get better at that one, get better at the other
0: one, too. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Um, so, actually, I, I mean, the biggest thing here is Lonzo Ball and Lavar Ball. We'll start with Lonzo, and then we'll go to his father, which is not hmm. something you usually say about draft prospects, draftees. But why don't you start with Lonzo and his game first?
1: Lonzo met all expectations in summer league, but you know, I, as I've been summer telling you know, Lakers fans out here, uh, remember that that is summer league. Um, I, you know, again, young guards are going to grow through are going, excuse me, go through growing pains. It's it's inevitable. Um, that said. He plays the type of basketball, you know. They, it, it's funny. They wanted D'Angelo to be that guy, and quite frankly, you know, the previous regime was kind of a little bit short-sighted in in that. that's just isn't necessarily his game. That up-tempo game, um, you know, to a certain degree, he's not a, he's not capable of doing it physically, uh, you know, to, at the pace that they wanted. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's also just not his game. Now, Lonzo, on the flip side, in his current regime. They find, you know, it looks like they got their guy. They want to push the pace. They want a guy that's, you know, that's untopish. They want a guy that's not necessarily looking to school first. Of course, you know, uh, his outside shooting, you know, will come in handy, especially in terms of spacing the floor and especially, especially since opposing guards will, will probably back off and challenge that and, and say like, okay, you know, you know, knock it down first. Uh, but he's a guy that gets everybody involved. I mean, I'm not telling you anything that you didn't see. I'm, I'm sure you know, whether it was at UCLA as well as in Summer League, but he's a guy that really just you know kind of galvanizes the you know the team like it uh he he can make he can make it look really good because he can put you in positions to school you know, very easily so you know it, like i said it's going to be a work in progress with any young guard but you know the is the limit with that young with that young man and he really does seem you know you mentioned it uh you know especially with all of the outside uh i don't want to say distraction you know, with all the outside noise he really wow. does <laughs> exactly he has a really level head you know on his shoulders so and and that's a that's definitely a positive thing to see
0: what do you think about as we transition to talking about his father i mean i let's let me finish his game first he can uh, he can really shoot it's not like he can't shoot it's just that his shots can get blocked a lot it's like within months two months of the season starting once people figure out how he shoots on the court like with him they already think they can block it but they have to feel him out a little bit but they'll block it And then, then, then he'll have to reinvent himself and be creative and stuff. What do you think about his defense? I've been, I was so down on it before, but I've kind of been convinced that he's long enough and he'll learn. But what do you think his he is right now, and then what he could be as his best and worst case in defense?
1: Right now, he's a six foot six, one ninety kid. You know, uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't say that. He's a grown man. I understand once you're eighteen and all of that, but he's going to be a kid. You know, physically, he's going to be a kid playing against grown men. So I expect him to get beat up, you know, to a certain degree, uh, and have to just continue to work on his core strength. It's just, this is, you know, a pretty standard thing that I say about all young players. Um, but you know, he'll obviously have to work on that core strength and you know, uh, continue to develop, you know, the, the uh, smart defensive principles, uh, especially at this level. Uh, but his length and his ability to kind of you know like you know beat you know beat guys to a spot that should you know that that should I guess not remedy but that should that that should make him at least effective you know at this level you know from the start now guys you know you you kind of hit it earlier guys are going to go at him you know whether it's you know when he's on offense or on the on defense so guys are going to attack him uh you know that that kind of comes with the territory but I I at least see the groundwork. Of a, of a defensive you know of a defensive presence it's it's a mad, it's, it's really a matter of whether he's going to take that side of the, that side of the court seriously enough
0: yeah for sure i mean that's really just hmm, for sure do you think that people are going to uh kind of take I and mean, he's gonna get everybody's best shot i think because of his dad because of everything that's just the, the imme- immeasurable height that has come on so far for him not playing a single game yet do you think he's gonna, i mean he's gonna get some of his best shot but do you think he's going to be like I don't know. I don't want to say targeted, but what do you think? I
1: think he'll give people's best shot, but I think that would have happened as the point guard of the, of the Los Angeles Lakers regardless. Of course, of course, you know, with, you know, with us, you know, bloggers or individuals that, you know, uh, you, know dis, you know, discuss the league. Uh, we're anticipating, I think a little bit more than what it will be. Um Yeah. Guys are going to go at him, but, the thing, you know, the thing that really impressed me about Summer League, and I was actually there for that first weekend, is he, just, like I said, he's just level-headed. And guys, when, when he gets on the court, like, you, you don't see guys, like, doing, like, dirty stuff or, like, you know, really trying to rub, they just kind of, like, they realize, okay, all that talk, very clearly it's not him. And even if it does make, you know, kind of ramp them up, they, you know, they, they realize they've got a competitor and they've got a guy that's going right back at them, you know, you know, out there on the court. So I'm excited to see it. it it's, 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 uh, I, I, always use the term cautiously optimistic, but I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm just slightly less cautious about it with this, with this current group moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. And then just briefly on the dad, I, my first thought is just, um, I, I talked to a bunch of college guys when the, when the final four was here. Um, mm-hmm. cause my cousin, Matt Norlander, we were talking about, um, a lot of the college stuff when around the final four. And it didn't seem that the consensus was that he won't be an issue at the NBA level just because of the way it's built separately than college. Kind of, kids are the, coaches are superstars, kids are superstars, but in the, the, and the Lakers will sit them down and say, okay, you can't, I mean, magic will kind of seem to settle it, settle it down. But do you think it affects anything? Do you think it's a distraction or is it just a, a dad being a dad? Uh,
1: well, I, I think, you know, with, with, and, and with LaVar, it has to be a nuanced conversation because it's not, it's not just all the one thing, or, you know, it, it, yes, it's a dad being a dad, a proud dad being a, you know, being a proud dad. Uh, he's a, you know, he's very clearly, uh, comfortable in the hype man role. So he's also doing that. But in terms of actually being a distraction, I should, you know, not that I anticipated happening, but I would actually anticipate, like, you know, say he just went off the handle. Like, say even though they talked to him and he just said, I don't care, I'm, you know, you know, now it's too late. And he just, you know, became a guy that, you know, was really looking to be in the media, like, every single day. If anything, maybe distracting towards the other players, but Lonzo's been dealing with this his entire life. And it's funny because, like, you know, we, we all naturally go like, oh, man, I hope he's didn't end up being it. It's not really going to be a distraction when he's accustomed to it. You know, <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think if it you know, if it gets extreme, you, you know, you'll see the organization maybe you know maybe pull them aside and you know maybe talk to them again, uh. But you know, especially if it starts to bleed over and you have teammates that are impacted by it or annoyed with it, uh. But in terms of
0: this a- an actual distraction for him,
1: I don't think it. I don't think it will be nearly as much of one as others as others seem.
0: Yeah, I don't think it'll be a distraction to him, but it probably is a distraction to Magic, who is trying to learn his way through being a, 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 a G, uh, GM, Yeah, um, president of basketball operations. President of basketball operations, uh, yeah. and uh, maybe to the team and the teammates as well. What do you think of the teammates he's got around? Because we got a couple young guys. We got Josh Hart. We got other guys. What do you think of like Nance here, Randall, and just really how they're gonna try to compete?
1: I think, you know, I, much like last year, uh, last year I predicted a 10-win, uh, you know, improvement. Uh, they ended up winning, I think, nine more. I think it'll be right around that as well. I put them somewhere in the mid-30s. I think they'll be competitive. You know, they're, they're not going to be world beaters because anytime you have, you know, a, a group that young, uh, yet, yes, they have some vets, you know, some, you know, some vets or, you know, around the roster, but the, the core group for the most part is 25 and under. Uh, anytime you have a group that young, you know, 30, you can't really expect them to, you know, to come out and and be playoff contenders. Like as I've heard, some, you know, some people, you know, within the fan base, say, uh, I just don't think that's realistic. I think wow. best case scenario, I think best case scenario, you're in the mid to high thirties, and and there's actually no shame in that. Um, but you know, playing this style and having a point guard like Lonzo that definitely uh, is in the mold of what. You know, Luke Walton wants what Magic Johnson wants, what Rob Polinka, obviously, you know, what all those guys were eyeing. I think it, you know, I think it will, like I said, I think it's going to showcase a lot of those guys. I think it'll make, you know, I think they'll definitely put up numbers in terms of offensively. It'll be a, you know, like with any young team or with any team in general, but especially with young guys, it'll be a matter of how much, how much defense they want to play. That, that will ultimately determine how competitive they are, in my, in my honest opinion. I think they'll score with, you know, score on most nights, but, uh, would, the, the true testament will be whether they're able to put it together on a defensive end and you know and really get out there and compete with any consistency.
0: Yeah, I was uh, taking a look at our last podcast and we had talked about Randall's defense specifically. Do you think? Do you see any improvement there? I mean, obviously, summer, summer league or since we talked, um, have you seen anything there or not really? He,
1: well, he didn't play summer league, um, but he's know, um, end of the year. Sorry. He, oh no, 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 no worries. I, I, um, he. He's gotten in tremendous shape. That's one thing. Like, okay. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember what he looked like three years ago, but it's like it's like night and day. And I didn't even think he was you know totally out of shape three years ago. He was just a big burly guy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, these days he's looking like you know like like truly like a like a combo forward in terms of his actual you know, physique. Uh, I think that should help conditioning wise that should help because there were times last year where he actually would make some really good plays defensively and in, in, in certain spots he could make them but it just wasn't consistent and you know I don't know if that was uh you know if that was you know him not you know necessarily putting forth as much effort as as much concern to that side of the court or if it was more of a conditioning thing like he just physically couldn't you know couldn't you yeah, keep up you know keep up the energy on both sides of the court for you know long stretches hopefully for his sake as he's going into year four especially because this is a contract year for him you know that you know yeah, he's eligible for he's eligible for that second deal yeah, at the end of this year uh you know hopefully for his sake he's able to you know, you know be more consistent or put forth a more consistent effort on both sides of the court
0: mm-hmm. for sure unless that uh, period transition to the suns a little bit i want to get okay. your takes on chris and bender and booker since now that we've actually seen them play a lot more minutes since we last talked
1: yeah so i mean obviously you know i'm a booker guy like i, I i'm a booker guy you know you know through and through i think he's a. Uh, I think he's going to be a special scorer. Uh I'm interested in seeing what he can do on the defensive end. I know I've been told by some Phoenix guys some Phoenix guys that he's probably better than you think defensively. And I my response to that is I watched a lot of their games and no he's not. But that doesn't you know but just because someone's not a good defender at you know at twenty one years old doesn't mean that they can't continue to develop into one. They you know, we all look the uh, it's the old coaching coaching adage, you know, you know, yeah. Offense might get the girls, but the defenses will win the titles. <laughs> um, it 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 it's as simple as that. So once young players finally figure that out and determine that they want, you know, that that there is something more out there than you know, <laughs> you know, than the glory, uh, and and they want to win, then they can improve. I think he's one of those guys that certainly can. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting, Bender. I'm I'm kind of torn on him. Yeah, uh, and, and what I mean by that is, he's you know like when I look at him as a, as a, you know, the, you know uh, in a micro you know the, under a microscope it's like okay he's got all the measurables he's got you know he's long he can shoot he can do you know he can do a little bit with the ball in it you know in his hands but whenever I would see them play. It, you know, It was kind of like hit or miss, and and, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seemed like one night it might you know, it might be and same kind of same thing with with Chris, even though I saw a little bit more from Chris, uh, you know during certain stretches, um, it seemed like it was like okay, and and. This is totally, you know, uh, you know, this is not unique to them. Again, young players, they you know, that's going to be the case. But it definitely seemed like you, you, some nights he got a little bit more from Bender than other nights. What is was that the case, or was I just catching, you know, catching him at the wrong time?
0: He's definitely up or down right now. It's it seems like a this year, next year he'll really break out because he'll get more consistent minutes. He will hopefully will. I mean, he doesn't have necessarily injuries, but he's just kind of like. He's still he's still getting the the weight and the muscle on that he needs to get on. He's still yeah. is he, did he just turned twenty? I think he just turned twenty. And Booker's still twenty. He doesn't turn twenty until a couple of weeks into the season, which is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, but Bender, yeah, he's, he's he's he is definitely hit or miss. The shot is getting better. The 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 thing that we that Suns Twitter, as we say, likes about him <laughs> over Chris, like I am much more of a Bender than Chris guy. Um, it's his defensive awareness and potential. He already can do the, he can guard perimeter. He can guard around the paint. He can rebound. He's long. He's, it's what you need in this NBA, which is versatility rather than, yeah, it's it's versatility. It's, I'm so, that's where I am at it.
1: No, I totally get that. I totally get that. You know, the times where I saw it, 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 part of it is, you know, I saw him in person, I think twice last year, uh, you know, part of it is a matter of, you know, a lot of, a lot of young guys, in general, but, you know, young guys, they come in that way, and, and, and they really ramp their, ramp their efforts up. Uh, whether it's, you know, being in front of criminal Staples, or the fact that they're in LA, or whatever the case may be. So he played pretty well in, it stretches, you know, when I saw him. But, um, admittedly, I didn't necessarily, I didn't, you know, fully pay attention to, uh, I guess, his, his ability to thin the perimeter. And, uh, you know, things of that nature. And, and to your point, you're exactly right. Uh, especially in today's, it's always been important, but especially in today's NBA, if you're big, uh, you know, if you're a forward, you know, or, or a big in general, teams are going to, you know, teams are going to take advantage of you with the pick and roll or with the two-man game if you can't, you know, if you can't at least, you know, uh, go out there and, and and make a good effort, uh, at, at least slow, you know, at least slow, you know, slow an opposing guard down. So, no, that it, it, it'll be interesting to see if he uh, if he works that into his game or if he's been able to work that into his game moving forward.
0: Well, to nuance it more, to kind of give you a better perspective, it's more my thought on the, both of them is more that Chris is farther along in his development. I also uh-huh. think he has a lower ceiling than Bender does right now. So he, Chris is already farther along and won't, doesn't have as far to go um, because I think he's limited I, in, a, in a sense partially because of just decision-making, which Bender is, like, trying to make the decision, but he's just, like, not... He's not strong enough sometimes. One thing I say is that the hope is that Bender is the five of the future. I do not want Chris ever being the five. I think he should always be a four. And... They can shoot about the same, but it's but Chris says. I mean, I think Chris is more confident because he gets those flashy dunks, and he is more flashy in general. While I think Bender is more solid, and in a year or two, we'll see the impact of Bender over Chris much more.
1: You know, it's interesting you, um, because I was going to ask if if they can play together, you know, you know for long stretches. Uh, Not yet, because. Because as much as you know, obviously you know Josh Jackson. Is, you know, excuse me, Josh Jackson is slated as a as a three. Part of me thinks that if he continues to you know like to grow physically, he might actually be better as like a small ball four. Um, but I, I guess you know time will tell on that. He's you know he's still 20 years old. And he's still got plenty of time to the Um But you know, admittedly, you know. Unlike other people, I don't, I'm not gonna lie to you and say, like, I watch a ton of college basketball, uh, yeah, like yeah. most other people. I watch when the tournament comes around, and then I watch a lot of, a lot of the footage, you know, for the, you know, for the top guys. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely eager to see what John Jackson looks like next to the, you know, next to them. Uh, uh, you know, kind of similar in, in terms of, remember the way that PJ Tucker used to be their, kind of their lockdown defender? I, I definitely think Jackson can step in and, 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 and be that. You know, uh, it's you know, you, know, you know kind of fun to start. No, uh, there, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this Phoenix roster. Just like I said last year, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the whole who
0: Well, for Jackson, I wanted to fill in a little bit there. From what I saw from him, oh my goodness, I'm I kind of like Jackson bumped up my list of favorite sons for on this team for very high. Okay. His fluidity okay. on offense, his ability to rebound out of over his position, like he'll be one. I think one of the better. Small forward rebounders in the league—it's very possible. And uh, I mean, and then his shots, whatever. But I mean, if Kawhi can do it, if PJ Tucker can do it—I mean, do you remember when PJ Tucker came in the league?
1: I do. It looked like a brick coming out of his hand.
0: A brick. He could. He all he could do was defend. And then after a couple yeah. years later, he could hit the corner three. And then he, I don't think he ever really got to the point where you want him ever handling the ball in an ISO situation. But Jackson already is more fluid than that in terms of. In terms of that he's also what six inches taller than tucker um like i i stood next to tucker one time while his shoulders were bigger than my face i was six yeah. seven and he was several inches shorter than me so he may be six three six two well he's really? at six five and plays small forward and power forward um just like draymond kind of does at six seven but mm-hmm. uh jackson's at least what is six seven six eight and yeah i think six eight yeah, yeah i think he's six eight too so once i mean if you get you have, if you eventually have some kind of bender Chris Jackson Booker bloodso lineup in two years, that's a decent lineup that's balanced that can shoot that can playmake from all positions. Um, it's very and very intriguing for me to see that does push Warren into the to the backup three though and we'll see what happens and what do, what do you think about all these Kyrie rumors?
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> um, I know it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, seven weeks ago, we were watching him compete for the for the, for the, for the uh, title, or at least attempt yeah. a, a, a you know, to the title. And you know, six weeks ago, I was like, okay, so let's go ahead and pencil them in; they'll be back. Um, you know, we may get round four of this, and now all of a sudden, you know, it appears that he at least could be on the move before before the season even starts. Yeah. I think that I think you know. He's already kind of you know put it out there that he's he's not willing you know, like if it's not a team that he wants to play in moving forward he's not willing he's not willing to commit to them at all so it's so it's interesting to me I, I don't know I I don't know that I've heard any updates that's you know, saying that he was interested in Phoenix uh I would I, you know if, if if you're asking you know would I like to see it of course <laughs> you know I I I'm all for scores I'm all for you know putting the ball in the hoop and if you were able to somehow match up. And put Kyrie Irving next to Devin Booker. Now, one thing I will say is you, you, you would need somebody to be a playmaker with some consistency between the two. But if you can get somebody to get them the ball and, 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 and give it, and give it to them often, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a duo that can average 55 points. You know, like, I, I think.
0: No,
1: I didn't want to go I didn't want to go too high cuz I almost said 60 but then you know like i was like okay well that's expecting 30 and 30 they'll and then go you know, that's
0: they will give up 60 between the two of them um, yes, from the other backcourt. So I I think it's I think the Suns are like talking with uh, Jared Dubin last week on the podcast. I think we think that uh, Suns would be a third team more likely, though People, the rumor comes up like every three days, like, oh, it's actually Bledsoe and Bender and the first round pick, like today. And then I was saying, hey, what about – I was thinking I was more likely that the Suns would say yes. Hey, what about Warren, Bledsoe, and a first rounder? And, like, the, the, our Cavaliers guy was like, no, that's probably not exactly what they need because the Cavaliers need defenders to defend the Warriors – and or more playmakers, because they only have one plus defender, which is LeBron, and one playmaker, which is LeBron. So (laughs) they kind of need something else, and Jackson is not going to the Cavaliers in that deal, or Booker, and probably not Bender. So it's probably a third team.
1: Part of me thinks that While yeah you know you can connect some dots. I'm speaking generally, not you, but you know you can connect. We can connect dots in terms of hey you know law you know LeBron and Eric Bledsoe are friends and you know they're represented by the same agency or at one point were. Um yeah yeah that would make sense. But part of me still thinks that if you're going to get Kyrie Irving, I think I feel like the Cavs might still say nah you need to put you need to put Jackson in this deal. And if that's the case, then I wouldn't do it if I were if I were Phoenix because I think that then that then that leaves you with too much of a hole.
0: That's where everybody's at, pretty much. If it's if it involves Jackson and some crazy people, Booker, um, like it's not no. happening. Um, what do you think about this kind of hypothetical conspiracy theory part of the Suns hired James Jones, um, yeah. uh, eight time NBA finalist in a row. Um, NBA finalist, uh, James Jones as one of probably, a, I think it's assistant GM. There is a scenario that <laughs> has been f- floated by p- some people that, I mean, this roster in two years or in a year is after they get another pick this year. And then they have the two Miami picks, um, some kind of key blood. So sign LeBron in two years or in a year and see what happens. Cause if they don't have to give everything to get him, they can trade uh, Chandler and Knight's contracts to be to be able to sign LeBron. Yeah, there's something there. I don't think it's going to be likely. I think the chances is like 13, but uh, next year. But as of right now, but what do you think about the idea?
1: I I think it sounds nice. And again, those are some dots. Those are some serious connections.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't do it. I'm just I'm just relaying. <laughs> Those bats are about a quarter of a mile away. Okay,
1: no, no, I, 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 I say it jokingly. No, I mean, look, LeBron going back there told me to never say never, okay? Because yeah. even though it sounded good, to, you know, like, oh, going home and all of that, I didn't think that he would ever be in a situation where he was looking for Dan Gilbert again. get. Right. Um, you know, uh, Paul George somehow ending up in OKC. Uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, surprisingly ending up in in Minnesota. All of these things tell me don't say never. So I'm not going to say never. I'm just going to say you're you're probably pretty close with that percentage, if not maybe you know uh, a little bit high. 30, <laughs> I, I would anticipate like
0: thirteen like percent too high.
1: Yeah, but no. But here's the thing: I wouldn't anticipate it, but who knows? What if the Suns, you know, what if Booker takes another step and he becomes like an elite, elite scorer, and then, you know, also, and then, you know, Jackson is incredible. If you know, you just never know. So you know, I'm, I'm not trying to skate the. I'm not trying to skate the answer of straddle defense. I'll just say I don't think that's going to take place. But you, you, you when you have when you have all that young talent and you have assets moving forward, you just don't know. So you know.
0: That would push him to the Western Conference, where there's more, more competition than ever before, and way less in the East. Like, what four All Stars from the East went to the West this last offseason? The only one going the other way was Howard Hayward. Um, and then it just, so maybe it doesn't quite make sense from all the other standpoints, but just the the foundation, the ability to ca- sign over the cap, and uh, and the friendships there, and then his, like so and James Jones, but. It's, it's a bit of a, quite a far shot there. That reminds me of something I forgot to say a couple of minutes ago when we were talking about the Lakers. You said the Lakers are not making the playoffs, and I'm like, oh, yes, definitely, I'm, agree- I'm with you. The, if everything goes right for them, they hit 40 wins, and that's not enough to make the playoffs in the West because the nope. Nuggets got better, the Timberwolves got better, the Clippers got worse, but still better than the Lakers. Um, uh, who yeah. got better? I mean, like, like it's like, a, like, under 500 is not making it in the West, but it might in the East. But like, what 45 win team? Just like the, that year was it? – what is was the year that the Suns had 48 wins and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, was that like 2008 or 2006? No, 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 no. 2006? Oh, oh no, no. When uh, when Katie went down, 14, something
1: 13. Yeah, when Kate. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, no, I mean, look, any, you're not making the West. You know, anywhere near 500. You're, you're not. You're just not there are too many good teams, <laughs> you know, anybody that thinks that, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're beyond myopic. It's, it just isn't, it, is, it isn't going to take place. Um, the thing of it is, is I think you know sometimes we have to just temper our expectations, and and and, and you know if you're a fan of the, the Lakers or you're a fan of the team like the Suns, you know if you can just continue to show steady improvement, improvement, improvement on an individual basis, improvement as a unit, uh, that's really you know that's really where the mindset that needs to be because quite frankly. Just just barely getting into that eight seed, while, of course, you always want to make it if you can, all you're going to be is a sacrificial lamb for that juggernaut that they got up in Golden State. So, for right now, you know, if you end up, you know, I, I don't even remember how many games the Suns won last year, but if they win, you know, five to ten more than than the, than the previous year, that's a successful season, in my opinion, especially if those core players show improvement.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking, I mean, they won, what is it, two games less than the Lakers last year because Bledsoe didn't play for, like, the last 15 games. They probably would have done better if they had played him. I mean, obviously, Bledsoe's a good player. But So the question is, really, I mean, there's this whole the timeline thing, hashtag the timeline that's going on about don't bother being amazing um, and, well, all these players are in their prime and good, good players. I'm actually just – this came under me just now. It's like you're trying to develop your players – develop your coaching staff, create an organizational stability, which is kind of this James Jones thing, and up a uh, re-upping McDon- McDonough as the GM, is to create a, an environment where free agents can see themselves coming and that your star players can see themselves staying so that you have a sustainable success. Because that's really what it's about, and that's what the Spurs have, that's what the Warriors have begun to have, and the good teams have four dynasties, is a organiza- organizational stability. And you can control that now, and then you'll worry about the the, the wins coming later. Although, there is some sort of sense of, you got to get, Booker, I mean, he even said it, he needs, the next step is to win games. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, who knows what's going to happen this year, because there's so much in the way. But then you never know, people get injured, people regress, it happens.
1: Yeah, no, you, you, you're exactly right. In terms of you, you, you pretty much just have to lay the foundation. If you know one of the you know one of the things about the previous regime out here in Los Angeles, you know that that at you know, we actually heard from players saying is when they went in for their free agency meeting, like yeah, it was all full of you know pump and, and circumstance and all of that and all all of this other stuff, but it didn't seem like they had an actual plan. Like when when it was, what is the actual plan? That's where they were lacking. This current group and in that group there in Phoenix, that's you know like, you know uh, you know bringing in you know bringing in stable individuals, you know, holding it down with you know, it, it was Ryan McDonough, and you know you're keeping you know keeping him in town. That I, I totally agree with you. That type of stability. And you know that 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 can make it that can make a significant difference, uh, with you know when you're trying to go in and interact with these free agents because you know at the end of the day you're trying to sell them on playing not just you know you know on playing for the roster playing in that city playing for that organization playing for that for the, for those fans and you know what we are all more comfortable when you know when things look stable
0: yeah for sure um one last question about the Suns and Lakers um. There's some good. Apparently, there's what is it three, and if Bagley uh, re, is able to reclassify, probably four franchise changers just from what I've heard in the draft next year. Um, Suns and Lakers are there, and then Hawks, Bulls, um, Brooklyn. Do you, who, where do you see it coming out in terms of the draft and the the seller dwellers, as it were, at the end of the year?
1: Well, the thing about the Lakers, and this is another reason why, you know, uh, this is another reason why this year will be different. They lo- They lost their pick. So unless they pick one up via trade, they won't have to worry about you know you know wherever that. they oh my
0: gosh
1: in in this one upcoming they, well here's the thing they kept the pick for three consecutive years and I you know quite frankly you know if, if there were ever a conspiracy theory that you know, that I were to believe it would be how the heck do you keep that your know, protected pick top five protected pick for three consecutive years they did that sooner or later they were going to have to pay you know you know pay the piper and they you know it, it, it's this upcoming year but to be honest with you. But, you know, to be honest with you, even if there are world beaters in the bottom of that draft or, you know, top of that, you know, what will be next year's draft. At a certain point, you have to be able to put, you know, OK, you have a bunch of young guys. Yes, of course. You know, it's not like you're just going to say, no, I don't want another really good or potentially good young guy. But at a certain point, you then you need to start surrounding them with other veterans that can also play, which, you know, uh, which both teams are, are, are in the process of attempting to do. Um so for the Lakers it, it won't matter uh Phoenix I, I do expect them to be kind of there in that same mix. I don't know their drafts, you know, situation uh, or if they you know if they have to worry about losing it or anything like that. But I but I, I will say, uh, if you can bring in another guy, um, and he's an all world guy, especially some of these guys that uh, that reportedly you know are, are potential score you know uh, you know significant scoring threats. Yeah, you know, I'm just in favor of putting another score next to Devin Booker, just just yeah. to be honest. With you. They got a defender in Josh Jackson, they got some other guys. Uh, you know, some other young guys. However. Whether it comes through the draft or comes via free agency or transaction, let's get another score over there and make this an interesting, you know, make things interesting.
0: In End We'll do some quick hitters around the league in a second, but I wanted to first say, what do you think about Devin Booker's seventy point game? Oh, it's incredible. Look, it, 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 it,
1: it, it's funny because I, I saw people, you know, immediately on Twitter afterwards, like, "Oh, well, such and such didn't play." It does. Look, the guy puts seventy points up in an NBA game. I don't care the circumstances. That's impressive. Um, that you know, it's very clearly not something that you see very often because what it's only what it's only happened like ten other times or fifteen other five, times yeah. in the history of the league. Um, so no, that you know, as a scorer, like I said, this guy is the absolute limit, and you know, he's, he's one of the players that I that I like watching. You know, uh, one of the you know one of the players I like watching the most. You know, at this time, one of the you know the young guys I like watching the most. Um, I don't necessarily. Yeah, I'm not going to expect him to duplicate that this year, but yeah, it, would not, it would not shock me to see him. You know, have some big scoring nights because the sun. You know, they're they're Suns are going to be leaning upon him to be the to be the primary school. Uh, and you know, like you know, if if everybody kind of takes another step, everybody will be better around him. I see no reason why you know you know why we shouldn't see additional you know uh, premium scoring nights out of him. Uh, you know, this upcoming year.
0: For sure, he does need to become more efficient, but that will come with um, better players around him and more time in the system and uh, as a, as an adult. Um, quick hitters around the league. What do you think about Houston? Houston
1: is interesting. Okay, so I wasn't huge on Houston last year, and I was wrong. Um, I, I I'm not one of those individuals that has a problem with saying that. Um, this year, it's interesting. Look, on paper, that's an incredible mix, with the you know the games have played on paper. I'm very interested in seeing what they, how they and Tony is able to balance both of those guys being ball dominant guys. Now, if you're listening to a Houston guy, they'll tell you, oh, it's not that big a deal. It is. If, if all of a sudden Chris Paul, who has been a ball dominant guy his entire career, is then matched with James Martin, whom in the last four years has developed into more and more and more of one. There's, there are going to be, you know, uh, if not growing pains, there will be an adjustment period. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what that adjustment period looks like. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, he's one of my, he, he, I still think he's an all time great point guard. Obviously, you know, he's on the other side of 30, so you're not expecting him to, you know, uh, be able to, uh, consistently do things that he was able to do in his early 20s. Uh, but if he's able to stay healthy, they can be very dangerous, you know, in a series. One of the things that we saw, uh, you know, down the stretch of last year and in that series where they, I think they they finally bowed out to the Spurs, was James Harden just looked done. Yep. He looked done. He he didn't have another. There was nobody else on that. You know, other guys. You know, throughout the season that had made the shots, they didn't make them, and then they couldn't create anything for themselves. So by the time he got down to you know to that time, and you're going up against the Spurs, who are always going to be you know a defensive. You know, it's always going to be a defensive juggernaut. It's always going to be a defensive struggle, uh, an offensive struggle against them in a, in a series. Uh, he just didn't have enough. So I'm eager to get to the postseason, and I'm hoping that they can be healthy. I don't know about the mellow situation. Because that would only add another individual, you know, of that elk, yeah. um, you know, th- that you'd, you'd have to adjust for. But I'm hoping that they can get to the postseason in a, you know, uh, at least somewhat healthy, so that it can at least be a fun matchup with if and when they play the Spurs, or if and when they play the Warriors, or any of the other top teams out west.
0: Yeah, and they do have Tucker too, and some other players that are very intriguing to see um, come together. What do you think about OKC?
1: I think they're okay, going to be good. I think they are. I think, okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> Let me uh, qualify this. I think, <laughs> I think Paul George and Russell Westbrook are a better fit than Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were. Specifically because Kevin Durant is such an offensive weapon, and that's not to say that Paul George can't score or that he's not going to look to score, but I don't, I, I think, um, I think Paul George while, yes, he like you know, like the reports are that he wants to be the man. He wants to, you know, he, you know, he wants to kind of, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you, you know I guess just be the guy. Uh, I think he's going to be comfortable playing next to Russ. And especially if, they, especially if they, you know, if, if they're up in, if they can get anywhere into the fifties and, and be a, you know, be a team with home court advantage. I'm not as sold on him just automatically coming to Los Angeles like a lot of people are. I, in fact, I, I think right now, If if I were a betting man, which I'm not, because I don't make the type of money that I can, (laughs) you know, just you'd be foolish with it but if I were a betting man I would bet right now that he's going to stay there moving forward it'll be a matter of what they look like you know maybe I could be wrong maybe they maybe they don't fit or maybe they get hurt a lot and you know it, it just doesn't end up being a positive season but I think okay see, uh you know from the outside looking in I think they're going to be pretty good I think they're going to be uh I think they're going to be right there in contention you know for a top you know three or four seed in, in the in what is an increasingly difficult west
0: and I'm such a Paul George fan, but I kind of agree with you. Although, yeah, I just I I, I think Paul George would be happy because he's been playing "quote unquote" by himself for seven years. Um, do you remember when Danny Granger was supposed to be the man and Paul George was just like the second <laughs> fiddle? I do. That those
1: are the things when Paul George was you know when, when it was coming off the bench and then he slowly worked his way up. And yeah, no, totally. In, in fact, I'll be honest with you. I thought Paul, I thought David Granger was the guy. Now, obviously, injuries, you know, injuries slow, but, you know, Paul George, you know, he, 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 between year, if I'm not mistaken, it was year three and four. It was just light years, just light years of a difference. And it's, it's a testament to, it's a testament to, you know, a, how seriously he takes his craft and how, you want, how much he wanted to improve.
0: For sure. What are the chances do you think that Russell Westbrook and or um, Paul George both go to Los Angeles next year?
1: Okay, so I've been asked this question, and sorry for that big sigh, but I've been asked this question a couple times, and, and the, the trouble that I have with it is if they don't work out in OKC, why would, and I'm, I ask it hypothetically, you know, like, uh, uh, rhetorically, um, if, the, if it's not working in OKC, then why would they want to do it like, over again in Los Angeles? More you know? assets,
0: um, right? And more so, playmakers, more assets, but that's, I, I see that's, your that's point.
1: True. That that's true. Look again, again. I won't say never. I won't say it's impossible. Um, and certainly, if you're a team like the Lakers that have been struggling, you know, for the past four to five years, you don't, you know, you're not just going to turn your nose up at anything. But part of me also says Russell Westbrook is fantastic and also one of my favorite guys to watch. But he's not a guy. He doesn't play the style that they want to play. Um, you know, I, I don't see I don't see Russ deciding to, 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 to agreeing to go off ball. Um and as ball dominant as he is, I know that he had a ton of assists last year. The guy averaged a dang triple double, so of course you know he was moving the ball around. But that style, I don't necessarily know that that's you know that's the style that they that that they're that they being Luke Walden again and Rob Palenka and, and Mads Johnson are looking to play. So I don't know. Um, I think I, I I still would think that Paul George would be more likely, even though I don't I definitely yeah. don't think it's, it's a shoe in. Uh but I I would kind of be surprised if both of them ended up in Los Angeles.
0: Did we ever talk about this on Twitter or anywhere? What about LeBron to LA? Is that like negative chance?
1: Yeah, okay, so, you yeah, know, same thing, like, what I said about Phoenix. Uh, you just never know. If Lonzo comes out and, 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 is every bit as good as they anticipate him being, and, you know, Brandon Ingram takes the next step, whom, by the way, I, I, have been beating this drum from the start, and, you know, and I know that you've seen, you've seen this on Twitter. I think Brandon Ingram's going to be special, and a lot of people that, you know, didn't watch their games and just looked at the stat lines and said, like, oh, he's a bus, uh, will be very surprised. You know, so, like, yeah, so if those two guys are incredible, and, you know, and you're LeBron James, and you know, say they win, you know, say everything goes perfectly, and they win 38 games or something like that, right? And if you're LeBron James, you look at that, and you say, okay, well, if you add me to that, obviously you know, that would be they'd be significantly better. But then they could also go out and bring in another free agent, you know, uh, another big name free agent as well. That you know, then you might be cooking with you know, you might, you might be cooking with uh, uh, with gasoline.
0: Yeah, Paul Jordan um, and LeBron would be interesting, but uh, that would be incredible but that's yeah. also very very connected dots from a mile away. Exactly, um, exactly. The last situation I want to ask you about is what do you think about the Celtics and Hayward and if they can – I was going to say if they can challenge the Cavaliers, but I don't know who knows what's up with the Cavaliers nowadays. What do you think about the Hayward and Celtics situation?
1: I like Hayward there. Um, he gives them another guy that can score, another guy that can playmate, another guy that can, can yeah, and, and, you know, playmate for others, but also you know, go get it, his own bucket um one of the things you know in I like IT you know, the, nothing against him at all, but one of the things that I kept up saying last year was, Hey, look, if you guys think that you're serious, uh, if you guys think that you have an actual chance to compete, you gotta go out and make a move for either a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler or a Gordon Hayward or, you know, some, you know, someone of that elk, because what's going to take place in is it, I mean, it, this wasn't me being a genius, it was just obvious. What's going to take place is teams are going to focus in on Isaiah in the playoffs, uh, especially if they're a, a solid defensive, you know, a solid defensive team and it's going to be difficult for them the score now of course he got hurt so you know who knows that you know how, how that would have gone but i think i think it at least puts them in the conversation i don't think they were in the conversation last year i know you know people were like oh hey they won game three in Cleveland. yeah you know, <laughs> any, that that's going to happen in the series that can happen um but i i think it at least makes it a conversation and if the Cavs are you know aren't right whether it's you know roster wise or just you know min, you know mindset wise or whatever then who knows you know uh, Boston won the most games in Eastern Conference last year. Um, I anticipate them actually doing that again this year, even whether Kyrie is there or not. I think Boston you know, will get be better regulars. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Or, or more wins, like they, they. I mean, they're a better team significantly since last year. I think.
1: Exactly, and the East is even worse, so they should feast on them. So I think Boston's going to be right there again. I expect them to be in the, in the Eastern Conference, I almost said Western Conference, but in the Eastern Conference Finals once again. But um, if healthy and everybody's there, I think they can actually give Cleveland a real, con, you know, you know, make it a real conversation as opposed to last year where it just wasn't, it wasn't even really a discussion.
0: For sure. I actually heard, this is a, one, one last one, I, I heard the Timberwolves, someone was speculating they would actually not be that good or that, I think it was a fan, not exactly a writer who knew as much, but that they would be, um, it would take them some time to gel or something. I'm like, I think the Timberwolves are being, they're the 60 this year at the very least. Yeah, I was
1: wrong on them last year because I thought that they would be in at least in the playoff hunt. I thought they, you know, like, you know, somewhere around seven, eight, or, or wherever. Uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't have the horses to quite do that yet, and, and some of their horses were still, you know, were still too young. Uh, year three, it was going to be year three of Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, if Wiggins is still there, you know, it's, it's Wiggins in a contract year. You got Jimmy Butler there to kind of, yeah, like keep, you know, keep the rudder in line. Uh, you know, I know that not everybody is a, is a huge fan of Jeff T. I think he can, I think the guy can play. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they lose anything on the defensive or, or how much they lose on the defensive end in the backcourt, uh, you know, with Rubio, uh, obviously going to Utah. Uh, but I think like you, I think Minnesota is going to be in that mix. Like I said, I was wrong last year, but I think they're going to be right there in that mix somewhere six, seven in that range.
0: And even though that we always underrate them, we're always forgetting the Memphis, grizzlies i don't know how we always do that but they're gonna be good again too i mean can you believe the memphis grizzlies maybe being the eighth seed you're like how they got two basically all-stars the
1: the grizzlies are spurs light you know like they're that they're that team that like you said everybody always forgets or disregards or disrespects and then they end up being right there in that mix at the end uh you know marcus all is a great player mike conley he may not be as you know the "quote unquote" sexy player that a lot of people like at that position, yeah. but he's a great player. He plays really both is. sides of the ball, and he does it and as an offensive you know weapon. He has he's leaps and bounds better than I ever thought he would
0: be. Yeah, he, came he out of dagger play. after dagger three against the Suns in many games. It was crazy. Yeah.
1: So yeah, no, I, I, you know, if if they're healthy, I expect them to still be there. And again, the West is just ridiculous. It really is. It's been it's been crazy for a while, but right now it's just really
0: ridiculous. I mean, the Nuggets got Millsap, and they have Jokic, and they got Murray, and everything, and then like Timberwolves, and the Clippers are still oh, good, even though they lost Chris Paul, but they're not so good. Everybody's in behind. It's gonna be like the top twelve teams for the eight spots. It's crazy. Portland's um, gonna
1: have Jokic for an entire season. It, oh my it, it, goodness, it's going yeah. to be good.
0: It's going to be crazy. I can't wait to watch basketball again once it comes. This is those the doldrums, as it were, of the NBA season where nothing happens in August. Um, well, this was fantastic, Jabari. I always love having you on. We'll have you on again. Um, so everybody go follow you at your Twitter handle. What is it?
1: Uh, very simple. Jabari Davis, NBA. And, Eric, it was my pleasure. You let me know anytime throughout the season. I'm
0: always down to join for sure, and um, to plug my stuff here, we get this is the Solar Insights podcast, SolarInsights.net. You can subscribe on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. My handle is at Eric underscore S A A R. Um, and also, I will let everybody know that I have another uh, business called Elite Hoops Development. If you're looking, if you're a basketball player or a uh, parent of a basketball player looking to help your kid get better, I am Impact Basketball certified. And they are the ones that do all the uh, training for some of the NBA players, so come check that out, EliteHoopsDevelopment.com. Thanks so much, basketball fans, and we'll see you next time.